Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. You're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, Cheers. Babe. We've been drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee all week long because we lot. are on vacation. And actually, um, if you listen to the audio right now, it might sound a little weird. That's because we're recording in an indisclosed remote place off of the shores of Bali. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Dream trip. Uh, but we are, we are on the shores. We've been, on, we've been in California, Newport Beach for... Um, for for like 12 days. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Swimming in the ocean every day, watching you put on your bikini and tramp around in your bikini has okay. been very good for my soul. Oh, my highlight was when you got jacked by a like 15 foot wave. Okay, relax. With our 18 year old son. Oh my I, gosh. Did you get rolled? Like literally it just on, crushed you. On purpose. And you're still walking with a limp. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, mean, I 42 bruised. is catching up with you. Oh, love. okay. Shots fired. <laughs> I, I purposely caught this wave. It's a shore break. If you ever been to Newport beach, um, there's this place called the wedge, uh, YouTube. It, it's iconic. You see people getting paralyzed. Not that that's iconic, but it's true. They have waves that can get up to 30, 20 foot. They break on the shore. So I caught a six foot one on purpose and tried to ride it. And it rode me. Tried. <laughs> you tried to ride it. It rode me straight but to the ground. I have ground. to say, you're looking quite fine at 42. Like, just your guns, your chest, your bathing suit, the whole works. I mean, you're out there, okay. you know, flying on the waves with your 18-year-old son, making it look like it was easy. It was awesome. Our daughter Serenity was in there, too. She, at one point, I mean, she's brave, and she she can swim. These waves, man, they will get the best of you. And um, at one point, I thought we thought we were going to lose her. <laughs> she actually thing. did. She got caught. We got caught in like a five, six wave set. And those, what happens in a shore break is not only do the waves break really hard on you, but then they suck you back. Um, and you have to outlast the set before you can get back into shore. And she started to panic. Rightfully so. These waves were massive. And so Caleb and I, did we save her life? Yes, we did. And um, she got back in three days later, overcame her fears. Super proud of her. We had a blast. We're actually still on vacation. We are filming this um, with the Netflix crew um, in an indisclosed place. And uh, we're doing it (laughs) while we're on vacation. So I have vacation brain. You do too. Yes, it's real. True story. We actually started this podcast, got five minutes into it and cut it. That's how bad our vacation brain is. We could not put our thoughts together. So that may be a Maybe not you. It was me. Well, whatever. I have vacation. I couldn't put my thoughts together. That's kind of a norm. We've been out of it, but it's good. Here's what I want to talk about today. Um, Thank you all of you who've been listening to the podcast doing well. We're coming up on eight, nine months of doing the podcast. Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. And I mean, last though, let's just wait one second. Last week's podcast was amazing. We got so many people reaching out, a lot of feedback. Yeah, the one on hooking up online. It was. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to that because that's going to change your life. Huge thank you to Chelsea Taylor and Vic the Sound Chick. Um, They were our guests and man, talk about all the single ladies. ladies. They they said some amazing things. It was super provocative and uh, we got, I think we've gotten some of the most response from that podcast in the most recent months for sure. So thanks for listening. If you haven't, check it out. Um, and subscribe to this podcast. Do it now. <laughs> I just felt like saying that. I swear to God, if you don't subscribe, you just want to find you. <laughs> what? You're threatening. It's not the way to do it. Hey, my mom texted me the other day while we were just starting vacation. And um, my, my five-year-old nephew, his name is Elijah. He is the cutest kid in the world. He's writing a book. And this is what I want to talk about, babe. Elijah, the five-year-old is writing a book and he was asking my mom, his grandmother, to help him um, spell the first three chapters of his book. And here are his first three chapters, which are 
adorable and life-changing. Yeah, life-changing. Okay? Here's the titles of his first three chapters. Chapter number one, Make Good Ideas. Okay. Chapter number two, Never Be the Guy Who's Left Behind. <laughs> Reminder. Brilliant. He's five years old. Chapter number three, Always Be Prepared for Danger. Oh, man. And this kid is something else. He literally looks like the kid from uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes, yep. He's so creative. He's so so much personality. But first of all, my first reaction to these three chapters that my five-year-old nephew is writing, um, I was like, that's so cute. Then I thought, wait, I think he's trying to communicate. This childhood genius, this superhero philosopher is trying to get through us adults. adults. Yes. Yes. He's actually, we're like, that's cute. No, man, it's life-changing if you just break down. So here's what I'm going to do, babe. I want to take the next 15, 20 minutes and do our best to interpret Elijah's chapters and what he is trying to say to us and the world. The world. <laughs> the whole world. Because the whole world is tuning in yes. right now. Um, so can we do that? Let's do it. Let's give our best interpretations we'll of these three chapters. Um, and I actually think that this will be helpful to all of us. Okay, number one, chapter one, Elijah's book. I don't know what the name of the book's going to be, but I think it should be My Uncle Billy is the Best. Um, but that's just, that's just my, I'm You're just gonna forward throwing it, yeah. that out there, yeah. Um, make good ideas. Make good ideas. Make. The thing that sticks out with me, first of all, is that Elijah used the word make. I think many of us go through life looking for good ideas, trying to come up with good ideas. In the business realm, we'll pay consultants, counselors, um, outside sources to give us good ideas. Like, you know, you, you've heard it said, like, one good idea. So everyone's looking for a good idea, trying to think of a good idea. I love that Elijah, the five-year-old superhero philosopher, says, yo, man, make, make good ideas. That Just make so them. so good. Just <laughs> love it so much. Um, I once heard this, uh, a friend of mine wrote um, an article for a tech company. He's a brilliant guy. Um, and he, he broke down the difference between creating, making, um, and imagination. And he's, he made this premise. He said, a lot of people who call themselves creative or say they're creators, like they, they have the ability to create. In fact, what they are is just people with vivid imaginations. Not a bad thing, but it's something that needs to be differentiated. Because mm-hmm. just because you have good ideas and you have a, a vivid imagination does not mean you have the ability exactly. to create or make. Um, I think I'm, I think of good ideas a lot, but do you have the ability to make Implement. it happen? I think of it like this. If you think of the ultimate creator in the world, we, got, we probably got to go with God. I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but God created, right? And so the Bible said he created the heavens and the earth. He didn't just think up what trees should look like or what dolphins should look like or what the woman's body should look like. Good job on that one, big guy in the sky, right? (laughs) He didn't just think that up. He made it. So he spoke it into existence. He had the ability to create it. Um, So the whole thought between making, creating is that you don't just have good ideas, but you have the ability to accomplish Mm -hmm. those good ideas. That is truly the definition of creating or making. People that just have really good ideas are like, you're so creative. I don't know. They're not creative. They just have great imaginations. Nothing wrong with that. But don't take credit for what is not yours to take. And I think a lot of people have good ideas. Yeah. What Elijah's trying to tell us is like, make good ideas. Jen, get busy. You're great like this. You're a very creative person. You actually are creative in the fact that you think of a lot of things, but you also have the ability to accomplish things. What is one of the things, what is one of the key things you might give the listeners today 
what are some practical things to accomplish it? Yeah. To accomplish it. Because you get stuff done on the regular. And you're also very creative. You're, you, you love design. You love artistics. You've, you've created multiple companies. Like you come up with ingenious ideas. Um, what are some of, what's a practical way for you to get, like if you're like, how do you get things done? What's, one of the, what's some of the things you do? I, I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is sometimes for most of us, maybe us and then everyone who's, listen, who's listening, is it's not that we don't have an idea. I think most of us have too many ideas. Oh. It's, it's actually narrowing, narrowing down the idea and then making it happen. Right. Like you and I, we're in charge of our lives. And in order to do something, we have to just make a decision to take that idea and run with it. But not just start. I mean, there's so many people who have started things and never have finished it. And I think making is accomplishing because you can't start like creation. I mean, you're talking about God. So it's like a whole God factor. We can't even compare ourselves to God. But he's given us the brains and the ability to say, hey, this is an idea. I'm going to not only run with this idea, but I'm going to finish this idea. So I don't know. For me, making is like, hey, you got to give it a go and you got to stick to the plan. So, yeah. And I think there's a lot. I have friends who. How have, do you stick? To I have the a plan? lot of friends with a lot of ideas, and they never do anything. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm pretty good at follow through, but I would lean, especially compared to you, like I would start something and maybe not finish it. How do you stick to something? Well, the struggle is real. I, even for someone like me, it, it's sticking to something is a challenge for. Anybody. What are some of the ways that okay. you stay in it? I, I small goals, like just set ah. a goal, set one small goal, baby steps. And like, for, for instance, this, well, I've been on vacation. I haven't told you this yet. I, I wrote some notes is called create a new rhythm. So I'm kind of at a new starting line. We've talked about that, but I haven't really gotten over that start point. I'm just now, if you're going to, if I can compare it to a race, it's like, I've just started and I'm getting my, my groove. Right. And so I've created a rhythm. So I've, I've decided, okay, with this new decade, I'm going to create a new schedule for my life. And as practical as I can be, it's Monday through Saturday, right? What am I going to do with those hours? Mm. And as I make a new rhythm, it creates more uh, more things. And it makes incredible So you start with happen. small goals. You accomplish small goals so that you like you can get wins, little wins. And then they add up to big wins. Because exactly. I think one, a lot of times we'll have a great idea. But the problem is, is the idea is so massive. It's yes. so huge. It's this like, is, okay, I want to write a book. Right. Or, hey, I want to it's create overwhelming. A, it's an daunting. idea. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. You kind of want to stop when you start. Because totally. you get so overwhelmed by the bigness of it. I feel that. So I would say break it down into small parts. That's brilliant. And then, you know what? Be okay if it takes you a freaking year. Mm. You've got to be okay with the process. And I think most of us, including myself, we get bored in the process. So the making of something, we stop along the way. When We've just got to commit to making good plans. Commit to and the long haul. And over yeah. and over and over So again. you break it down into small size things that you can actually accomplish. So you can get a bunch of small victories to equal a major victory. And then you got to commit to the process. And like the long haul. Like just own it in your mind. Like, hey, this isn't going to happen overnight. And you know what? No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. Like Make you, good ideas, you man. Got, you have to decide one day. You got to wake up and you're like, you know what? This is the day. I'm not going to wait on so-and-so to promote me. I'm not going to wait on so-and-so to open the door. Why don't you go ahead and open the freaking door? And you know what? I, I believe if God wants the door closed, it'll close you. You'll know it. But you're just going to open another one. Love right? It. And walk through it. Make good ideas. Make good ideas. Right. Don't get me going. Oh, man. I'm already going. Okay. I'm going to jump to another chapter. He said, always be prepared for danger. First of all, I love this. That <laughs> our five-year-old nephew is like, 
always be prepared. Because life is dangerous, right? It is. I mean, anything. Who is this kid, man? His parents must be amazing. Uh, My sister and brother-in-law. I I love this thought because I think here's this this whole thought. Um, We're foolish to think that life isn't full of risks. Life is full of risks and dangers. Now, there's dangers out there that aren't, don't come with risk, but I, I want to come from a perspective like you have to be willing to Brave. confront danger. Yep. What's the John Brave Wayne it. quote? You know, courage isn't never being afraid. It's being afraid and saddling up anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like you have to be able to confront that which is dangerous or risky. And I feel like life is full of risks and those who refuse to not take any are also subconsciously and maybe indirectly choosing not to really live life. That's the You want to start a business? You're going to have to take some risks. You want to get into a relationship? You're going to have to ask her out, dude. You're going to have to yep. put harness out there. five seconds of crazy courage and you just put it. yourself. And you know what? She might, she might laugh at you. She might not even acknowledge you. That's the risk. But persistence, hey. Always might, be prepared for danger, man. Um, finances. Sometimes you're going to have to spend money to make money. And sometimes you don't even have the money to spend, but you'd figure out a way to do it anyway. Right. Or when you're on vacation with us and we're playing poker and you just keep losing all of our money, <laughs> Jen. Okay? I'm willing to take that risk because I'm always going to be prepared for danger. I love you. You're the worst poker player on the planet. <laughs> but I did win some good hands. Come on, give me that. You think everyone's bluffing and you could be right, but you call and you don't have the cards to win. Well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm putting myself out there, man. I I'm do. making good plans. I do love that you're trying to play poker. I'm making good it's plans. It's sexy when you play poker. But What's no, even sexier is, is strip poker, which I'd like to teach you. Oh my right gosh. <laughs> How do we get to every time? Always be prepared for danger. Okay. I had this. I remember this. When our kids were growing up, we didn't. Our goal was never for them to feel safe. I want them to feel safe, but we didn't want them to go for safety in life. We wanted them to take risks. And I'll never forget this moment sitting around the dinner table. Caleb was probably five, six years old. Probably the, he was little. Yeah, he's probably the same age as our, our nephew Elijah, yeah. who, who's writing this book that we're talking about. Okay. Um, and I was telling friends and family at the table over dinner a story. It was in wintertime, and I was telling about the 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 coldest winter on record in Chicago, where I grew up. And it was 70 below zero. And I was telling how, like, it was one of the deadliest winters because um, homeless people were literally freezing. And people were dying, even in their houses, because heaters were freezing up and people couldn't get heat. And so people were... record. Yeah, it was record numbers of deaths. It was a tragedy. uh, So many people were passing. Yeah, Chicago was declared a state of national emergency. The National Guard came in. Like, it was a big deal. And I'm telling this story and... I'm talking about how many people died. And I'm not, I'm forgetting that my son Caleb, who's five, is at the table. And he. This precious little innocent right, soul. I'm not, be, I'm not being, being very. Extremely dramatic, telling all the yeah, details. I'm super unaware. It's gruesome. And so gruesome. He, he interrupts me and he goes, Daddy, Daddy, lots of people died? And I'm like, Yeah, so many. I'm still not getting it. Right. I'm like, So many people died. Like, their bodies were frozen, their blood froze in their veins. Like, I'm just being an idiot. And, and then he, he has to go, Daddy, did. Did mommies and babies die? And then all of a sudden, like, the whole table gets quiet, right? And he's, like, on the verge of tears. And I'm like, oh. And I literally, like, I think you kicked me under the table. Totally. I mean, my brother's like, way to go, man. You know, and so now it hits me in the gravity. Like, my son, for the first time, is kind of understanding death, the concept. That people do die. So I'm like, now I'm backtracking, right? I'm like, bud, yeah, probably. I'm sorry, Caleb. Like, I, I, I... yeah, but I don't want to lie to him and tell him, that, like, you know, like, because death is real. And he goes, he's like, Daddy. And now his, like, lip is quivering. He's like, Daddy, dude. 
Did old grandmas and grandpas die? And you know, like, and I mean, literally, whimpering. the whole table is just scowling at me. They're glaring at me, and I'm, I'm, I've messed up. I'm like, Caleb, I'm so sorry, man. Yes, you know, a lot of innocent, really good people died, bud, and I'll never forget it. And he starts to cry, and you know, and you're like, baby, it's okay. And he's like, daddy, and I'm like. Yeah, but you can ask me anything. And now I'm just really trying to like, I'm trying to like make up for this stupid blunder I made. And he asked this question. He goes, Daddy, did, did you die? <laughs> Which I thought was, everyone starts he laughing. Started, then he starts, he starts really crying. Because the emotion of I didn't have the heart to tell him, yeah, I died. <laughs> like, and I came back to life. It was so funny to me. dinner tonight. And I took two things away. I was like, first of all, like he doesn't fully understand death yet. Clearly. Clearly. But Poor also, God. here was the thing I took away from it. I'm so glad that my son realized that that's an option. Dad, you could have died. Like, if we go through life, like, with ostrich mentality, like, bury our heads in the ground, it means nothing's wrong. That's not true. Mm-hmm. We have to open our eyes. And I love that my son, at a very young age, and I probably went too quick, but, like, understands that, like, yeah, there's danger out there, man. Totally. Like, it's not all happily ever after, once upon a time fairy tales. Totally. Like, there is real life danger out there. And I love what our nephew says, like, always be prepared for it. Like, yeah. get ready for the danger, the risks, the adventure. You agree? It's so good. I mean, in anything, with anything, there's a risk, right? Yeah. And I think think in today's time, like, you can't really do anything that will matter without risk. I think we should actually run to risk, not foolishly. Yeah. But I can't think of anything more agonizing than being average. Like, literally, the agony of average... Is, is so is a death. That's a slow death. It is so real. I mean, like you start you start making a decent paycheck. You kind of can just sit back and kind of be like, okay, well, I got a I got a nice paycheck. I'm feeling like it's so safe, and you stop kind of even having a passion for life. And and I think even in that scenario, we have to challenge ourselves in every season to not get too comfortable. I mean, obviously, we want to provide for our families and have nice things. But that should not be the end all. We should be able to say, you know, what is the next thing I can do that maybe will create a little bit of risk or, or kind of cause us to live on the edge totally. in our life. Day Manufacture day. sometimes your own risk. I'm not talking pointless danger, but listen, if you want to live your best and be at your best, you're going to have to step out, which means there's going to be danger. There's going to be risk. And if we, the goal is not to eliminate it. The goal, in fact, is to embrace it and use it and harness it and keep going forward. I was so proud of our daughter Serenity. I mean, she literally almost drowned, and I don't want to overstate it, but I also want to downplay. It. You were watching. Yeah. Caleb and I got her out. The problem was the water keeps sucking you back in. Um, there's a huge back, you know, backflow, um, backwash from these waves, and so, and she started to panic a little bit, which that's the worst thing you can do in the ocean. And I honestly feel, thank God, I don't even want to imagine. I thank God that Caleb and I were in the water with her, which I would never let her go out by herself in that kind of ocean. But had we not been there, she'd have been in serious, serious trouble. Um, and so, but we got her in, and we actually let the wave crush us and throw us up on she the was shore. Up, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, she was shook. She up. was done for the day. She cut her knee. She was bleeding. She was definitely. But I'm so proud of her. The next day. Well, it took her two days. Was it? it? Took her two days to get back in the water, but she got back in, and she got crushed by a wave. And I thought that's it. She's not going to do it, but she didn't. She stayed in, overcame her fears. You could tell it shook her up, but she realized like, no, I got this. She learned from her mistakes. We were with but her. But that's just it. 
She got back up. She got back up. And you know what? We're going to get knocked down. Yep. I mean, we could go through so many times we got knocked down, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, and you just get back up and you go again. And little boy genius Elijah didn't say, um, avoid danger. He said, be prepared for danger. He's communicating to us. He's not saying, don't try and run from it, So no going into something that you, that the danger is possible. So do what you can. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Why not have a savings account? Why not do some things practically every single day to prepare if, what if you lose your job? Make good ideas. What if? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just the whole idea of prepare is such a huge thing. Danger isn't possible. Danger is inevitable. That's so And I think we have to just prepare for that and not let it paralyze us in life. But use it. Um, so anyways, got to love this book. Can't wait to read it. And then thirdly, uh, one of his chapters was never be the guy who is left behind. God, I love that he even <laughs> talks this way. Who is this five-year-old? Never be the guy. Never be the guy, man, who's left, left behind. behind. Um, this speaks to me on so many levels. Um, I think one of the things first that I think of is I have so many friends and I've known people throughout the years who are thinking, planning, strategizing. I had one friend who honestly was constant when we were young, we were in our 20s. We were always talking about what we were going to do, what we were going to do, what we were going to do. And I remember at a very early age, I'm not trying to you know, self-compliment here or humble brag, but I started doing. Mm-hmm. I just started doing some of the things that I had said. Like I, I remember we would sit late nights at coffee shops that were open 24 hours, the Waffle House, if you're from the South. And we, me and three or four guys, good friends, we would just talk about like, what do we, where would we be in five years? What are we going to do? And this one guy who I love very much is a friend of mine. While we started doing and going for those things in our hearts, he kept just kind of like doing nothing and just talking and strategizing. Mm-hmm. And I met him. We, we lost touch for a few years and four years later, we kind of came in touch. And I remember like he was still just talking about what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, I literally, yeah. I mean, in the words of my five-year-old nephew, like dude got left behind. It's like, listen, man. At what point do you stop thinking, strategizing, planning, and talking about it? And coming up with another idea. And just go do do it. it. If you're not willing to just go do it, you'll be left behind. I think about people that are waiting for that that dream job. I'm I'm all about that. Like the career, the thing that you want to invest 10, 15 years in your life. We've done two kind of stints here recently where we've done more than a decade at the same job, right? Currently, we're in 13 years at this current post that we have, which we love. Careers, those are careers for us. But I had so many jobs right. before I found the career. If you're waiting for a career to get your job, uh, to go to work, then you are going to get left behind. Sometimes, I told my sons who are um, both working right now, one's part-time, one's full-time working multiple jobs, but um, I said, like, sometimes you just do a job right. on your journey right. to find the career. But don't not do something. Right. Don't just talk about this dream thing you want to do. Right now, do something. And what would be crazy, as you start doing something right now, you'd be amazed at how that will open doors for you, make a way for you, give you experience to accomplish what you really want to do. So Oh, man, don't get left behind. It's so good. Um, What other areas, babe, do you think, like, we don't get left behind in? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would say unforgiveness. I mean. Wow. If I can take it to that Point or yeah, totally. stage or feeling or like someone offends or, you. Yeah, mentality. It's where you have allowed bitterness and unforgiveness to get so deep within you and you've never been willing to deal with it. It will leave you 
You get left behind. Get, here's a crazy thing. You're offended with someone. You become bitter. You can't forgive them. It, it, it consumes your thoughts. It's, it it is paralyzing. You. you can't move forward. And think about this. They probably don't even and know. The thing and is, they are currently moving on with their lives. And the thing is not to make light of people who are dealing with pain and unforgiveness. It's because it's maybe from abuse or it's from um, something that they couldn't control as a child. And, and those are serious things. But I, I have to say, like, at some point, we have to reach out for help to help us heal within to be able to move forward. I mean, it could be, I remember for years, I dealt with some serious hurt and pain that I finally said, okay, enough is enough. I've got to deal with this pain. I've got to deal with the pain from my childhood to figure out why I cannot move forward. And you know what was happening? It was leaving me behind. Wow. Life was passing me by. And because of my unwillingness to deal with some things in my heart, Life is passing me by so fast. And so we've got to come to a realization that that's, that's, we had to deal with our stuff, right? We've talked about it before. It's a great interpretation. But that will make a cause us to be left behind. Um, what's that quote? They said like um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and hoping and thinking it will hurt the other person. Exactly. Like that's ridiculous, man. Like they don't even know. Can I just talk to you out there for a second uh, as we're translating young Elijah's chapters here? Um, they don't even know that you're mad at them. They have moved on with their life. They have moved on with their career. And we start getting jealous because they are. And you're angry that they're succeeding. And And yet you're the one who has chosen Mm. to be left behind. That's why Elijah said, never be the guy who gets left behind. Yeah, and like I've said before, forgiveness doesn't make it right. It makes you free. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, like, pain is real. And I don't want to make light of people's real pain. But can I just say with, with so much love in my heart, you have to wake up one morning and make a decision to move past it. And however that may look, listen, do it so that you don't get left behind. I also think um, you said pain. Um, one of the things life that can that can threaten to leave us behind or leave us in the wake is pain and tragedy. Oh yeah. Um, you know, sudden I mean, people that you know you lose a loved one, love die, financial yes. ruin, divorce, you weren't expecting America. it. Yeah. yeah, like these tragedies that happen, these crises that happen, and if we're there's a there's a season to mourn. There's Absolutely. a time. I mean, that's real, and I think that's actually healthy and, and you necessary. Have to, yeah. But if we're not careful, if we're not intentional about moving forward, like like you said, creating new starting lines, starting a new rhythm, then what will happen is these 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 moments in our life that can be colossal, these crises, these tragedies, they literally can leave us in the wake. We just get left behind, and we don't move forward, and you can end. I mean, I think one of the most tragic things in life. And I've seen this firsthand with friends is um, a loved one dies and people are left behind that are alive, but they no longer live. Mm. They just stop living. And some will do it for years. Some will do it for decades. And it's just like, listen, first of all, the loved ones that have gone on, I've lost loved ones. So I feel like I can speak to this. They wouldn't want us to do that. They want us to live yes, our lives. I mean, yes. I promise you, they're sitting up in heaven and they're they're cheering you on to live your life. One person died. Two people don't have to die. You can live. And I'm telling you what, living isn't just consuming oxygen. There are people walking around today that are just breathing in and out. That's not living. That's existing. But God, and I think life has a much greater plan, yeah. is for us to live. That involves risk. It involves taking chances. It involves coming up with great ideas and then making them happen and failing and succeeding. And it involves like, hey, you're going to have to process through. And if some people say, well, how do I get through these tragedies? I, I think one of the only ways, um, if you're just going to be honest, is you've you got to have a relationship with God. 
And that's not what this podcast is about necessarily, but that is what our lives are about. You and mm-hmm. I, um, we went through, we've gone through massive tragedy. So many, I didn't want to talk about them. We've talked about it on this podcast before. I don't know how we'd have made it through without a personal relationship with God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about a system of beliefs. I'm talking about a personal relationship with the living God. It's changed our lives. Yes, absolutely. That's a fact. Whether you believe that, subscribe to that, that's okay. I'm just telling you. It's the, that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. And I think also that being the main, but then also just being intentional. Like don't allow it to leave you behind. Take baby steps forward. Yeah. Every day is a new day. I think of I think of when our kids were little. We were we would vacation in the East Coast, and the water's beautiful. There's hardly any waves, so we would allow our kids to go out in the water, and we'd say, "Hey, just make sure you stay in this area." But it's crazy. Within ten to fifteen minutes, the undercurrent would slowly move them down. Yeah, the undertow. Und- undertow. Yeah. And then we would have to we'd have to wave them back, and they wouldn't even realize. Right. After about fifteen twenty minutes, they were so far yeah, away, like a football field. And down we would the have beach. to kind of run down the beach and get them to come back. And they didn't even they didn't even realize that happened. And that's kind of what this does: is we get left behind. Such a brilliant we're picture. We're unwilling. And- and the thought is, I love what you're saying. It's like they would say, I'm, I'm not going I'm backwards. I'm standing still. But by default, life keeps moving. Mm-hmm. So if you're just standing still, sir, ma'am, then by default, you're going to start to fade behind. You have to take baby to steps. Behind. I mean, if it's baby steps, take baby steps. You have to be intentional. Like every day, I'm going to move forward a little bit more. If you don't, you're going to just by default. Man, that's such a great, man, that's a great To be picture. left behind. Yeah. And, and it's and it it's usually happens steadily and slowly and it's because we've allowed either like we said the pain the unforgiveness the hurt whatever you got laid off on a job you got discouraged you you failed at something and we kind of start giving up a little bit every day before you know it you've been left behind you've been left behind yeah well i think we've done a decent job of interpreting um our five-year-old nephew Elijah. elijah his three chapters to his book uh Maybe when he's old enough to talk in complete sentences, we'll bring him on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I can't absolutely. wait. He's got the cute little voice. Or maybe boy we voice. need to bring him right now because that would just be way cute. Oh, man. He's way, so adorable. But, um, hey, thanks for listening. Hope this helps. It certainly helped me. Babe, your last little illustration, that was money. Cash and, money. And please, please leave reviews. It helps us as we are growing as podcasters. I know that's like cheesy to say, but it's the truth. Cheesy. So if you enjoy these podcasts, leave a review and give us some love. Thank you for listening in. And have a great day. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we would love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at Billy's Mafia. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Cheers.